Hello and welcome back to And the Beat Goes On, Dating After Divorce. We are your hosts. I am Jackie Trammell. And I'm Deanna McDonough. Hi. Hi, Dee. It's good to hey. see you. You too. Thanks for the yummy dinner, by the way. Oh, you are so welcome. Thank I... you for giving me someone to cook for. No, I love it. Like, Jackie always experiments like whenever we do the podcast at her house she experiments on me with like new dishes and I'm just the lucky recipient so anytime you want me to be a guinea pig I am all yours so I'll bring the bubbles you make the yummy dinner I appreciate you oh well you are most (laughs) welcome um okay so I have a couple not as many as last time but a few little news and announcements no new countries to announce this time so you're you're off the hook for your geography quiz um one thing I've been meaning to ask you, this isn't really necessarily a news and announcement thing, except that I was reminded by an article. Uh-huh. So a couple of my friends have been all over me. So oh. speed dating is making a resurgence. Really? It is. And and so my friend was sending me all wow. these links for people that are in our age bracket to do speed dating. And I really am resisting it. So my question is, is this something you would do, Dion? Okay, so just to be clear... I just want to make sure that I am up to speed ha, 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 on, the <laughs> on the idea. So what I know to be true about speed dating is that what I've seen in, anyway, it's like you go to a place and you sit in front of a stranger for like what, like whatever, two minutes? Whatever the period of time yeah, is. Whatever, yeah, let's just say two minutes. And you talk, 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 and then you move on, right? That's like speed dating. So you basically yeah. get, it's kind of like that idea of what's your first impression and your first impression is usually correct. So, honestly, I would think it's kind of a cool idea. Okay. I feel like my first impressions are not always, but generally I can tell within a few minutes whether I'm attracted to someone and whether I want to get to know them more. And I think it's kind of a cool idea. And I've been a little disappointed, to be honest, that it's not a thing anymore. It is a thing now. But I mean, like... When I was married, I remember hearing people do it, and then I thought, oh, okay. And then I got back out in the dating world, and it was no longer popular. And so I would be totally open to it, for sure. Okay, all right. Well, and not you? I'm honestly... I mean, dating in On general. the fence. No, no, no. I want to date. Okay. But I'm, I'm kind of at a... Not kind of. I'm at a place in my life where I'm dating with intention, right? Yeah. And so... I just I just don't know how I feel about it. Like, is it just an in-person version of swiping? Like, But wait, why can't you date with intention, but also kind of, how do I put it? Like, I don't think that, that the two need to be mutually exclusive. I think you could still be dating with intention and also do it in a speed dating scenario. You are probably right. I just, I, when it, my knee-jerk reaction when it was proposed to huh. me was... Like, oh, hell no. But, but, uh, anyway, I was... I'm just curious about your reservations. I don't even know. It's a, it's a feeling. Okay. I just think if I see someone and talk to them for a couple minutes, I kind of know pretty quickly whether I want to pursue it. And I would rather, and yes, you're, I think you're correct. It does seem like a in-person version of swiping, but I feel like seeing the person physically being in their presence I get a whole different sense of them 
than swiping. So I would totally be down. Well, and if I can be honest, yeah, there's please. a part of me that wonders what kind of guys are even going <gasps> to participate in speed dating. <laughs> like, like, is it a thing? Because I feel like there's so many women that are, my impression is, the story I tell myself uh-huh, is uh-huh. that there's a lot more women out there than there are available men. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's easier for men to meet people and, and men, it stops screaming at your radio. <gasps> if I'm wrong, I, I own it, but it, that's my impression. That's so funny because that I've it's, heard the exact opposite from men. I've had male friends say it's so much easier for women to meet people because women can go out and men will approach them right away and, they have a lot more to choose from, whereas men, women don't approach men as much. Whether that's an old-fashioned attitude or not, I don't know, but I've heard the exact opposite. So maybe <laughs> you and I go speed dating. That'd be, I think it'd be super fun. I think it'd be and the beat goes on, as... goes speed dating. <laughs> and we could do a live podcast from it. My friend Molly right now is screaming <laughs> with joy at her... At her whatever device she's listening to this on yeah. because she has been up my <gasps> booty well, to do welcome, this. Well, you're welcome, Molly, because I'm all for it. I think it'd be I think it'd be so much fun. I just think it'd be an adventure. And you know what? As my favorite quote says, life is either a daring adventure or nothing. <laughs> so let's do it. Okay. Well, <laughs> maybe we can find someone who will listen to our podca- podcast and let us join one of these as yeah. a... Let us know, you guys. Let us know if you... Nobody in the greater Seattle area. So I had some sent to me by friends who were actively trying to get me to do this. So I have some details. So Dude. we'll talk about that later. Yes. Okay. All right. On another note, hmm. according to India Times, <laughs> there are five astrological signs that attract toxic relationships. That attract toxic relationships. I guarantee you cancers are right up there. Not on the list. <gasps> we don't attract toxicity? Okay, good. That makes me happy. So the number one is Scorpio, <laughs> which didn't even surprise me. <laughs> I'm supposed to be with a Scorpio, so that's no good. <laughs> I just okay. want to be with one like for a night. <laughs> me too. Um, Pisces. Oh. Gemini. Okay, yes. Capricorn. Oh. And Sagittarius. That's so, interesting. Sorry, guys. If you're one of those... You have to be be cautious because evidently you might be attracting hmm. some toxicity in your life. It doesn't mean that everyone that you meet is going to be toxic, <laughs> but it just means maybe you have a higher likelihood. I wonder why. I would think cancer is just because we're so open and empathetic that we would attract probably... Moths to a flame. <laughs> kind of. Like not, you know... The people that were not looking out for our best interests. But I'm thinking, like, besides Gemini, <laughs> sorry, Gemini, I'm like, really? Those people? Okay, all right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know them well enough. So good luck with that, guys. So you know how I often find brand new terms, dating yes. sites oh, that nice. are <laughs> targeted toward specific oh my God. audiences. <laughs> Very niched, yes. Yes. Um, what you got? I got a new one that is so niche. <laughs> Wait, even more than the... There was a, like a song one, wasn't there? Or like a music one? There was, yeah. That was um, Vinyl-y. Yeah, that was very interesting. This one's even a more? new dating site <laughs> for conspiracy theorists. <gasps> it was launched oh. in Germany, Germany Excuse me, by a man who is known as Captain Future. Oh, 
He has a name that whatever, but it's called. <laughs> it's called Wilhelm. Okay. is the name of it. But evidently, when you log in, oh you God. have to like identify which conspiracy theories you Stop. participate in oh and how you feel about oh things, and then it matches you with other conspiracy theorists. So, like, if you're a 9-11 conspiracy theorist, you're probably going to be in a different group than, like, the, the Flat Earthers. Or the Flat Earthers, or the, like, Trump really won conspiracy theorists. <laughs> so if I alienated any of our listeners well, on that one. It's in Germany, so I don't know how much into American poli- politics it goes, but... Um, oh I just thought that was hilarious. Oh, or like that Marilyn Monroe was really alive, living in a bunker with Hitler. I mean, that could be a German one. Yeah. Hitler's really alive somewhere. I guarantee you they have that one. I guarantee well, you. Well, you can look it up on <laughs> Schwerbeltreff. That's S-H-W-U-R-B-E-L-T-R-E-F-F. We are not giving them any credence on the show. Schwerbeltreff. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. Oh, God. Bonabology.com. You've been on that site before. They posted an article with the 40 best opening lines for online dating. So if you're going to approach somebody. Now, I didn't write them all down. I, I read through the list. And honestly, a few of them were super creepy. So wait, okay, let me. So those would be like your Tinder profile. Let Let me just go back. Let me clarify. So basically what you're saying is you match with someone. Mm-hmm. And then you have to reach out, whether whether it's Bumble, like I like, with, you know, I have to reach out to the guys, or whether it's any other site where the guys can reach out to you. So it's when you match, then it's that line that you It's, it's your with. opening line. It's your open, okay. To reach out to okay. someone. So a few of them were really kind of creepy, if I'm being honest, but... Um, <laughs> There were some that were just kind of cheesy and some that were actually kind of cute. What's so, creepy to you might be like somebody's, super sexy to someone else. Right. I mean, they there were some really like... I'm not trash. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. There were some that were... I mean, this one wasn't one of them, but like <laughs> um, if I if I tell you I like your dress, can I talk you out of it or Stop. something? I mean, but there were some oh. that were like that abru- or up front, but right. then there were others that were just kind of well, charming. Well, tell me some of the cute ones that, tell me oh, some God, that you I... would fall for. Like, was there one? Um, there were some that I thought were really cute because it is so hard to initiate a conversation 100%. when you're doing online dating. So there was one that was like, hey, so what's the best opening, you know, line you've ever heard on here? Stop. And then, like, like, but there, there were some, and then there were some, like, just, oh, I see you're interested in X, um, like, uh, in some new, some new place, or some, or a certain yeah. type of food, hey, there's a new place, let's go try it out, and so there were some that were just cute, yeah. I, I don't really remember what well, they like, all were, okay. but instance, go to bonabology.com. Okay, so I'm on, I'm on, as here, I'm I'll on, go there right now. I'm on Bumble, and I'm not sure why this is such a... Like, I don't know why this is such rocket science for people, but honestly, the Bumble profiles that I swipe on and that I match with always say something about themselves. So why is it so difficult to then go and, like, pick something that that person says and ask them about it? Like, I don't understand. Like, if someone's like, oh, I love doing karaoke, my opening line would be, hey, where's your favorite karaoke spot? Like, it's not rocket science. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah, they literally handed me that on a platter, and all I have to do is take it and 
then continue the conversation. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's not that big of a deal. So here's one that I would, so I just pulled up the article. So here's one that I would define as creepy. Okay, please. Okay, and it's ironically number 13 on the list. Ah! I'm new in town. Any chance of helping me with directions to your home? Gross. Right? Okay, I'm sorry. Like, bye. Hey, you sound really busy. Can you add me to your must-do list? Gross. Um. Wait, is there anything about put the lotion in the basket? No, I didn't see that. Um... (laughs) Let's see. Props to any of you who got that reference, by the way. Let's see. I'm I'm scrolling through. What will we tell our kids when they ask about how we met? I mean, that's that's on that. I don't know. That's on the line. Like, it can be cute. It it can also be creepy. Yeah, it just depends on. Yeah. Wait. After you after you share some of those, can I share some of my creepiest? Not mine personally, but ones that I've gotten. Can I share? Some yes, of those? absolutely. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, so here's one that I think is a a great starter for a conversation that's not inappropriate in any way. I see that you like to X, so let's say it's paddleboarding, because that's something that I like to do. How did you get into it? Um, See? Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Like, pick something that even if if the person has said something about themselves, perfect. They're handing that to you. But if they haven't said anything, look at their pictures. Like, right? You know, I mean, it's not—it's not that hard. It, you tailor it to the person. And by the way, never say hi. Like, oh my god. Or hey. hey. Okay. So you want to hear a super creepy, or yeah, slash cheesy one that I got once? So I've locked myself out of my online account, and the password reminder question is Dion's phone number. Can you help me out? Gross. Gross. Yeah, that was one. And then, well, I think I've shared that one. But yeah, that I was like, I didn't even respond. Because I'm like, that is so cheesy. And how many times have you used that line? Like, insert name here. Like, no, stop. Okay, so Dion, that's all of my little, there it goes, news and announcements <laughs> that I have got for you today. Well, that was fascinating stuff. So, you know what? Hopefully you guys... Got a little bit of knowledge. <laughs> Maybe well, got a tip or two, like what not to say to your online. Or if family. you're interested, it is, it's kind of an interesting list. Go to bonabology.com and check what, it out. What to say, what not to say. Really, yeah. what not to say is more important. If it feels creepy when you read it, don't write it. I think that's the Ooh, takeaway. That's a great little slogan. If it feels creepy when you write it, don't, or read it, don't write it. Is yeah, that yeah. That's good. Yeah, okay, thanks. Like yeah, we'll just call that a thing. Okay, so we were supposed to have our guest PJ here with us today, but he had a scheduling conflict. So it's you and me yep. talking about this topic. That is how we roll. Just you and me, baby. We got this. I Let's think it's it. going to be a great conversation either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things, you know, I brought up this topic, and and one of the reasons that I did was because it's something that I, I struggle with, and I, I think I've realized lately Hmm. how much I struggle with this. Like it's kind of been in sort of the back of my mind or in the back of my heart Yeah. over the last several years. I mean, 10 years since I got divorced, 11 years since I got divorced. And somehow it just sort of came to the forefront of my mind recently. And I was like, I kind of want to explore this. So I appreciate you indulging me. No, absolutely. And I feel like if there's something like you and I have both had this experience where there's a topic that's just nagging at us and we needed to explore it. And it's, I always feel, and I know you do too, that it's very, it's very cathartic. Mm-hmm. It's very therapeutic, and 
talking about things help us kind of see them in a new light and maybe you'll share perspectives or I'll share perspectives that like will help us grow and hopefully help somebody else. Somebody else will, yeah, it'll absolutely. resonate in so some way that. with someone. So one of the things that I struggle with, so I was, I was raised in, the only religion I was raised in was Catholicism. Yeah. My father is not a particularly religious person. Oh, okay. Uh, my mother, he was forced to go to church a lot as a young person. And I, yeah. I don't want to get it wrong in case any of my aunts and uncles are listening because I never went to church with my dad. But I feel <laughs> like I want to say Baptist. And my uncle, one of my uncles is Lutheran. Oh, wow. But but my dad as a child was forced to go to church and he really resented mm-hmm. it. And so mm-hmm. when he became an adult, he's like, I'm not doing that anymore. And I'm not forcing my kids to go to church. Now, my mom was raised in a very Catholic household. She spent the first, all of the, you know, through eighth grade going to parochial school and went, went to Catholic school. And, um, the only times I ever did go to church was Catholic church with her. And I loved it. I love, I, I later on as an adult, I, so I was baptized Catholic as a child, but I never went through like the whole confirmation process. So I ended up choosing to do that as an adult and becoming a confirmed oh, Catholic as an adult. I did not even know that. that after year. after my daughter was born and oh, she was about two or three, she was asking me some questions about faith and oh she was gosh. going, she was attending a Lutheran yeah. preschool okay. and I felt like I owed it to her to know more about religion and faith and Christianity. And you felt connected enough to mm-hmm. the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. That you wanted to, okay. Yeah. Because to be honest, like the only Catholics that I have known have been like what they call like recovering Catholics. Right. So I've never really known someone who was very, who was like really Catholic, like not just in name, but like really into it. So I think you might be the first. Well, and to be fair to myself, I'm not great at it. I don't go to church with any regularity. I sometimes go with my mom. I used to go with my grandmother who passed away recently. Um, but it's when I do go to church, that's where I want to go because it's a touchstone in it. And it, it resonates with me in a way that I can connect with. But there's this whole, like the, the phrase Catholic guilt, right? So one of the things I struggled with very early on in my divorce Mm -hmm. was being Catholic and being divorced Mm. and worrying about, disappointing like my grandparents who are very catholic people and i just felt a lot of that sort of guilt and there's this perception that i've had that a good catholic doesn't ever get divorced does does catholicism have a stance on divorce they do and i will we'll we'll go into that here in a minute because i did cover like all i did some research on I don't know all of the major religions, but on several, just to understand kind of where some of the big ones land on this idea of divorce. But there's this impression, or at least a perception that I had, that you're you're not a Catholic if you get divorced. And so I've had a lot of guilt and shame around that. And then you take that to the next mm-hmm. step. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm out in the dating world. And listeners, <laughs> I've been pretty honest. I haven't been celibate as I've been out in the dating world. What? I know, shocking. What? But so then what I, and I guess this is my long-winded way of saying Mm. what I really wanted to explore with this topic was this idea of reconciling a belief system Mm. that involves 
religion, Christianity, yeah. Judaism, like whatever your religion Islam, is, Hinduism, Hinduism is, yeah. I mean, we have listeners around the world, so I think that's Abs- fair to bring in all those. Absolutely. And so to, to reconcile the real life practicality of, okay, I got divorced yeah. and I'm dating, yeah. but I still believe in God and I still want to be a good like Christian person. But then there's like, there's like this whole fucked up system of guilt that I feel yeah. and, but I, but I kind of push it to the side most of the time. Cause I reckon like, like, I don't know. It, it's just this. Uh, do I sound as confused as I am? Because that's where, <laughs> that's the genesis for this entire conversation is trying to unravel. Yeah. Why do I feel the way that I feel? Yeah. And is it even real realistic and reasonable and yeah. all of that? So, so that's where I came to this from. Okay. So now I know you came, Dion, from a also a conservative Christian background, not Catholicism, but another probably I would say arguably a more conservative. I would background. say definitely a more. I I would say Catholicism is known for its conservatism. Um, my sect of Christianity is Seventh Day Adventism, and to just off the top, I just want to say this: I have no beef with the religion that I grew up in. Um, and I say that because I know a lot of people that grew up as Seventh-day Adventists who are extremely anti-church, anti-religion, and for probably good reason. That is not me. Um, I grew up in it. And in fact, I was steeped in it. Like, uh, I mean, yeah. like I went to all the schools all the way through college. We were in our own little world. That's right, because we just did the episode with Stephen, and you sure you did. guys grew up in the same sure faith did. practice, and you All, went to the same college. Yes. yes. So when I say I was Adventist, it was not a name only. It was going to church every single weekend, every weekend. It was going to the schools. It was every single person I knew was in it. And I know that all of my friends out there that are listening that grew up with me completely can resonate with this. Um, we were in it. It was not just our, it wasn't just a place we went to church. It was our entire world. It was our entire social structure. Um, it was everything. So I did grow up in that. It was very conservative. It was very, like, there were very strong messages of, you know, you don't have sex until you're married and you're married for life. So I can... <laughs> totally understand your feelings like when oh my god I mean I have so many thoughts and stories but one I remember like after I was divorced and by the way I did not marry Adventists I met my first husband when I was still very 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 Adventist I always had questions but I was still in the church I was still very steeped in it um and I met my first husband and he was not he went to an Adventist school, but it was just because it was a very good school, and he went there, but that's where we met. And so that was the first time, I was like, I want to say 23 when I met him, or 22, but that was the first time that I started to really question my faith and say, is this really what I believe? Is this really what I want? Not because he was anti-Adventist, not because he was telling me, but just because he had very different views. He was very spiritual. He was a Christian, but not Adventist and certainly not conservative. So that was kind of my first foray into, huh, what what do I believe? 
Um, but when, And what when, other, like, experiences are out there? What are the other... Because literally, Jackie, until I was 22, 23, I had had no other experience. So imagine, like, from 0 to 23, mm-hmm. that's all I knew, really. It, and so there was very much like a, this is us, and this is everyone else. And I know there's a Bible verse where Jesus says, so I feel like we're preaching, but like Jesus says. Well, we're know, talking about religion, so right, this like is. He says, be in the world, but or be not of the world. Is yeah. That, yeah. And so I did feel like I, I was in the world, but I, but I wasn't a part of it really. Like, and I had questions and I had thoughts and I had opinions that didn't necessarily mesh with what I'd grown up with, but I never really stepped outside of it until he and I met and he started questioning me on many things. And then we moved away to a different city where all of a sudden I wasn't in that little Mecca that I had been in my entire life. Um, and it was the first time that I was like, you know what? I don't really think this is working for me so when I say I don't have any bad feelings around it I really don't I feel like how I grew up kind of created the person I am today and gave me an amazing set of values that I still hold on to so I don't have any bad feelings about it but when you're talking about guilt oh there's a lot of guilt so I want to ask you a quick question on this (laughs) yeah so when you got married yeah to a non-Adventist. How did your family and the rest of your home community react? That's such a good question. Um, they, He was a good guy, and I think they all saw that. Um, and fortunately, my parents were people who were able to see beyond the religion, even though I think they would have preferred that I had married someone within the faith. I think they were like, you know what? He's a good guy. He treats her well. Like We need to just be okay with that. So no one ever said anything about it. But that's such a good question because there was a sense in within me mm-hmm. that I was disappointing people. Well, so so you get that, right? I do because yeah. I married a non-Catholic. Oh, okay. He, the man I married was much like you described. He and he would describe himself as spiritual, but not religious. He believed he had his own relationship with God. Yeah, but yeah. he didn't really associate with any particular religion. Right. Now his father had grown up and almost became a Southern Baptist minister. Oh my god! So we did not Woo! we did not get married in a Catholic church. No. Um, and in fact, my mm. uncle, who was a um, he is now retired, but he at the time was a superior court judge for the state of Washington. Mm. He conducted our our wedding or our marriage. Oh. Um, and he's he's a religious person, so he brought some some spirituality yes. to the ceremony. But it was a really good compromise because it was family. We had a close connection with him. Yes. But we weren't really choosing one church over another. Now, what's interesting because of what you just said about how your family accepted him and and acknowledged what a good guy he was, but you felt a certain yeah. maybe reticence or something. And that was coming from me. I don't know that. Wow. Well, so in oh, my experience... Maybe. My my biggest fear. This is God, this is. I'm being vulnerable right now, people. Just so I love you know. That. Yay, um. Yay. So my favorite human in the whole world ever was my grandpa, and he was probably oh. the most devout Catholic human you've ever met. Wow. And so he had passed away before I got divorced, and I had a oh. ton of guilt probably related. <laughs> right. I mean, no, I had so much guilt 
Like, I was really like, what would grandpa think? Like, I was torturing myself (gasps) with how I'm letting my grandfather down by getting divorced. And and in a, a funny sort of turn of events, the person I see for massage therapy, who I've now known ever since I got divorced, um, she has a a gift of she has a gift of intuition. And so one day I was on her table, it was probably the second time I ever saw her. Oh I was holding on to all this stuff from my mm. my marriage and my divorce, and I'm on her table, and she's supposed to be just massaging me, and she's like, um, so, and my grandfather was there in the room with her, with oh. us. She, oh. she described him perfectly. Oh. And she said, he just, he really has a message for you. He just really wants you to know that he just wants you to be happy. Oh. And that was like, I can't even tell you how hard I cried oh. and for how long I cried on that table. You know, you're in the little face pillow thingy, the ring, and there's snot running out yeah. of my, I was crying so hard because it was such a relief. The other part of that is, so my granny, who was his wife, who yes. just passed away yes. a few months ago, well, yeah, a few months ago, um, who was, who also was just a, just a r- ridiculously incredible human and very Catholic human. I remember several years ago, I made a comment to her about not having gotten married in the Catholic church. And she goes, yeah, don't get me started on that. And it was funny because it kind of confirmed that feeling similar to what you had, which yeah. is that there was a disappointment yeah. on the part yeah. of your more religious family members. Yeah. At least in my case, that was the only time that was ever vocalized, Oof. but it seemed to have been true. So I, that's all I can yeah. say. Yeah. No. And you know, it's funny when you talk, I totally, I hadn't even thought about this, but when you're talking about who married you, um, we, we had a similar experience. Like the person who married us was one of my dearest friends who was very Adventist, he was an older gentleman, and he and I were just like soulmates. We worked in adjoining, like we worked in a kind of adjacent offices, um, and he knew me before I met my ex-husband, and he was just the sweetest, kindest, very Adventist, but very open man. And we did not get married in a church. We got married outside in a garden, but Mm -hmm. he flew from California to Arizona, and he married us. And I always thought... That was such a beautiful thing because he could have said, no, I won't ordain this. But he he believed in us and me. And so then when the divorce came, <laughs> you know, it just made me feel even worse, right? Because I'm like, wow, these people believed in us. And so, yeah. So let's talk about the divorce. <laughs> well, so what's interesting to me is I've been holding on to all this sort of Catholic, not sort yeah. of, I've been holding on to all this Catholic guilt about getting divorced yeah. because... Good Catholics, Catholics don't get divorced. That's the perception that I've had. This is one of the reasons I'm so grateful for this podcast because I had to research this topic. Oh, okay. And I took a deep dive into Catholicism and other relation, yeah. other religions, Religion, yeah. excuse me, <laughs> to understand kind of where they stand on divorce. And it turns out that is a huge misnomer. Divorce is not a reason for any Catholic to be excommunicated. Um, the only caveat to that is that if a Catholic wants to remarry and remain in good standing in the church, they have to go through the process to get their first marriage annulled and like by the church and then remarry. So what does that mean for you personally? Like if you, I know you're not anywhere near being remarried, but it's something that you would like 
so not near it. No, <laughs> no, and I don't mean that. If, no, but, but I do. But you know, no, you do know that that's I, ultimately what that I would is, love. Yeah, that is what you. That is your ultimate goal. Like you're not just you're dating with intention, as you said, right? Your intention is to remarry. So what does that mean for you personally? What would you have to do? So I'll be honest, that gave me a spark of hope that the one faith practice, and I have gone to many churches. I, I've gone to some, um, I've, I've attended Lutheran church and enjoyed that very much. Mm. I've attended some non-denominational Christian services that yes. I also really connected with, um, but to me, the Catholic mass mm-hmm. feels like home because it's what of I grew up with, right? Up with. So to me, there's this glimmer of hope that if in the future I find someone that I love, mm-hmm. that I want to spend the rest of my life with, and I also still want to have this ability to remain a part, an active part of the Catholic church, or maybe to be, re-become an active part yeah. of the Catholic church, that that it's possible. Right. So how do I but there's that's a little bit mixed because there is a part of me that's like well annulling my previous marriage is like saying it never happened and I have kids so there's a there's another part of me that I have to reconcile with that well I'm sorry I, I guess clear clear this up what's the difference between being divorced and annulling I don't I guess I don't annulling a marriage as I understand the definition and I haven't looked it up but the way I understand annulment it's basically saying the marriage never existed the marriage oh. never Oh. It was never a real viable marriage. That doesn't sound very that doesn't sound very fair because it was, right? Right. So that that comes with some mixed emotions. Like, yeah. okay, so I have to basically discount my marriage, but I have these two really amazing humans that were a result of that marriage. Well, and also, let's be fair, your marriage wasn't all bad. Mm-mm. And so to say this didn't exist is like like I have a thing with I don't have regrets. Because if I'm going to regret something, then it's regretting who I am today and where I am today because of what happened. And it feels like that to me. Like, I don't regret marrying either of my husbands. And it, it to me, that is, like, right up there, right? No, like, I get that. I 100% get what you're saying. But for me, what it is, is it's a, it's a validation that I am not a terrible Catholic for having gotten divorced, right? No, so there's this other piece to grapple with when and if in the future right. I meet someone who I want to marry. Okay. Um, but but for me, it, it was hopeful. And mm-hmm. I get that there's this other piece that is less than ideal because I, it is hard to say this man that I was married to for 16 years and we had a life together yeah. and we had children together that that was never real I, I don't know that I would want to really to say that but at the same time I I, I that's something I'll have to explore yeah, further no, at some other time in the future can but I ask you a question though yeah, about of that? course so what is it about Catholicism that is so important that it would give you pause to consider annulling your marriage that's a great question (laughs) it's a very difficult one to answer I think the only thing that I can say and I kind of said it earlier is that the Catholic religion the Catholic mass the the ritual and the the there's a beauty to it that Mm -hmm. that I connect with 
at the heart level. Like I connect with it because it reminds me of family. I connect with it because it reminds me of, of just, I, I just, I feel at home in, in a Catholic church. I feel connected to, to God in a Catholic church in a way that I haven't experienced in any other church. You know, what's funny. I grew up, as you said, Adventist, um, which is the antithesis of Catholicism. In fact, <laughs> growing up Adventist, we were told that Catholics were basically like Satan. And um, look at us sitting sorry. here across the table from each other. <laughs> we were like Catholics. Ooh, Mark of the Beast, right there. There they are. But a lot of a lot of a lot of Christians take that approach so toward weird. Catholicism. But but. I'm here to tell you that when I was a kid, I was in a choir, um, Napa Valley Girls Choir, woo woo, um, shout out to you girls out there, but we would travel all over and we'd sing in all kinds of churches, and we did several Catholic Masses, and I remember being like 12 years old and sitting in a Catholic Mass and thinking, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced, and even though it's very um, rote mm-hmm. and very ritualistic, it felt so holy and beautiful, and then living in England and traveling all over Europe, I've been to so many different Catholic and like Anglican churches. Cathedrals. Cathedrals. And... Oh, my gosh. And go and I remember going to Canterbury Cathedral for Easter Mass. And, like, that was one of the highlights. Like, what? Are you kidding me? And just sitting there and thinking, this is the most, this is the closest to God I've ever felt. So I, I 100% understand what you're saying. And couldn't you get that? without having your marriage annulled. <laughs> I'm just trying to reconcile this. <laughs> no, I I 100% appreciate the question. The answer to that yeah. is I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I mean, couldn't you still go to the church? Couldn't you still like But you couldn't you couldn't the way the the laws of the canon laws of of the Catholic Church are is I couldn't remarry and not have my marriage annulled. And still be able to receive communion. Oh, it's the communion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I mean, that's valid. I just, I'm, yeah, it's fascinating. It, there's, there's a lot <laughs> that goes into these. And Catholicism is thousands of years old, right? So there's a lot of, of tradition and history there. But, but it, anyway, to me, there was just that glimmer of hope because okay. I've been, <laughs> I've been weighed Struggling. down by yeah. this belief that, yeah. I was a bad Catholic for having gotten divorced. And so there's this like glimmer of hope that maybe that's not the case. And so that was really, so the next piece, that's like a bridge to cross on another day. But to me, this was very uplifting. So I just want to add one more thing, which is to say (laughs) that um, speaking of the guilt thing, I remember a, a moment for me after my divorce, well, I was going through my divorce, I was feeling super shitty, just terrible, because that, I did not go into my marriage thinking, let's just try this out, right? Like, I went into it thinking, this is for life. And then it wasn't. And I felt like I tried everything I could. I gave it my all, but I am not a person who is resigned to be miserable. So I gave it my all, and then I got to a point where I was so miserable, and I thought, well... You have two choices. You can either stay in this and continue to be miserable because you've literally tried everything you can and he's not trying back. Or you can get out and be happy. And so I chose the, the latter. 
And I know a lot of my friends and family were disappointed in me, but I knew what was best for me. Having said that, um, my best, best friend in the whole world, who is still very Adventist, but we are still BFFs, um, she, I went down to visit her right after I got divorced, and we um, went to church together. And I was feeling really good about myself. I mean, about being in the church. Because like you, when you grew up in a certain tradition, it feels like home. Yeah, it's like a touchstone. It's like a touchstone. So even though I hadn't been going to church, I was like, of course I can go. And still, to this day, I can walk into an Adventist church. I know all the hymns. I know all the rhetoric. I know, and it feels so good and so soothing. Because you feel connected to a yeah. part of your past. And yes, and your family. And like standing next to my mom and if my sister's there, we're all singing the hymns together and we're doing three-part harmony and it's amazing and it's beautiful and I'm crying because I'm like, oh, this is, my, this is my past. And yet, it's not who I am today, but I can still go there. But I remember being in this church service with my best friend and the pastor is giving this big sermon and for whatever reason... He starts talking about divorce. Oh, for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. And he starts going down this path about how divorce is against God's plan. And and by the way, I don't think Adventists have a... I don't think they have a, an official stance. Just like you. Exactly I, like you. And I apologize because I, I, I didn't no. look up Adventists. It's okay. I just... I don't think they have an official stance. I think, generally speaking, you're not supposed to do it. <laughs> it's disappointing to God, whatever. Um, but I don't think it's an official stance, but that gentleman had his own stance and he was going on and on and on about like just how it was against God's plan and how God never intended for divorce to happen and how like, I don't think he said you're going to hell, but that was the message I got. I remember feeling so ashamed and so guilt ridden and my best friend, she knew like, and she like, was like, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. I tried. (laughs) But it, it, it's that same thing, like, I don't think that God is shaming me or God is making me feel guilty, but the humans that are speaking in his name are doing their damnedest. Well, and it's so funny that you say that, because <laughs> as we were talking and then you started telling your story, I had this sort of epiphany or yeah. whatever, if you will. But I think... Guilt is one thing, but shame is a thing that we put on ourselves. And I think that with this divorce, when I, look, I don't regret my divorce. It was, it was the right thing for us. We were, it, it was what needed to happen for us. Yes. I don't regret it, but I have felt ashamed. I have felt shame about it because of what I thought my church community, my okay. faith community would feel about it. And then, so to me, it's just really interesting to think guilt is kind of a thing that I, I feel like as I'm listening to this, like yeah, guilt is a thing maybe other people put on us, but shame is a thing that we, we take on for ourselves. Um, yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to ponder that, but I think there's something definitely to that. And I don't feel shame very often. I'm here to tell you. I'm not someone who lives in a place of shame. Which is great. And I... Or guilt. <laughs> um, I don't let people put guilt on me. I feel like I make my decisions. I do the best I can. And I move forward. But 
being in that church service, having someone literally directly say, this is wrong. God is sad. <laughs> I mean, it sucked. That, that would <laughs> cut you to the quick, right? Because I think I was feeling it and then he spoke right to it. Like I was trying to convince myself, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And then in- he just went there. Instead of being a source of comfort, yeah. it was a source of deepening pain. that sense of guilt yes. and shame and pain that you were so, experiencing. So I'm not saying that I've never gone back to church because I definitely have and I do. Um, with When I'm with my family, I absolutely go to church. It was just that particular time I was already feeling that. And I'm like, mm, okay. Well, and it's funny. So the same massage therapist that I saw who... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I desperately want to have on as a guest, and she has said she'd be on as a guest. But the first time I saw her, and she was sort of I knew I I'd been referred to her by a friend who had shared with me that she has a gift, right? But I didn't know her, and I didn't feel comfortable asking her to share that with me, <laughs> right? Because I didn't want to take advantage, yeah, but sure. I really wanted a good massage. And at one point in the visit, she's like. So she's what they call audio buoyant. So there's clairvoyant, which people who just know things and or see things. She yeah. hears. Oh. She hears things, okay. right? So she's like, um, I don't know if this person that referred me to or referred you to me shared with you about me. And I was like, Yeah, she did. And then she goes, So your spirit guides are screaming at me right now. Wow. Screaming. And she's like, I feel like I have to say this to you. And so I was like, oh, okay. What could that Were be? Were you a little nervous? I, I was incredibly nervous. nervous. <laughs> and I had not shared, like what we've been talking about yeah. here, I had not shared this sense of okay. guilt and, and, and shame that I had been experiencing. And... She's like, they're all screaming kind of one word at me. And I was like, what's that? And she said, judgment. Oh, shit. And again, here I am crying on her table because I'd been holding on to this fear that I was being judged by everyone who knew me, especially where it came to my sense of faith. And and she's like, your spirit guides need you to know that that's you. It's not anybody else. And like, it was... Incredibly moving. I'm getting chills because it was incredibly yeah. moving. And so did then, did that change the way you felt after that? Did that like, or did it? Take it a did. Lot? It it allowed me to let go of some. And then the next visit, when she, when my grandfather was there, and she told me that he was not judging me and that he just wanted me to be happy. Then I was that allowed me to let go of a lot of it. But honestly, since then, I hadn't really thought about it too much, except that I, in looking back, I can acknowledge now that there's been this sort of persistent sense of shame where it comes to my faith that I am divorced and it it turns out it was completely misplaced so that to me has been a huge like relief a a huge burden off my shoulders because honestly Jackie here's what I've come to with this is that the God that I believe in and I do 100% believe in God it may not be the God that I grew up believing in. It may not be the God of my parents, but I believe in God. And the God that I believe in is love. And love is the opposite of fear. And the God that I believe in compels me to be kind. And there are relationships that I have been in and that I have witnessed that are the opposite of love and the opposite of kindness. 
And I cannot believe that this God wants people to stay in relationships where they are continuing to mistreat each other and be unkind. So that's where I am now. I I would I mean? say that I agree with you. Yeah. I and, would say that I agree with and you. And yes, in an ideal world, we would be together for life. We would mate forever. We would never get divorced. But we live in a sinful world where people are human beings and we all have the capacity to choose. And some people don't make great choices. And some people don't have... Um, they, they don't have the capacity to be kind to each other. And I just, I'm not of the belief that people should stay together for life. I'm just I mean, not. some people were never <laughs> given the tools, right? <laughs> That's what, yes, exactly. And like, if you are in a point where you are in a dysfunctional, toxic, unkind, terrible, abusive, well, abusive is a whole other thing, but you know what I mean? Like relationship, like, and you've tried everything you can. I don't believe that God's plan is for you to stay together and forever. suffer. I yeah. just don't. I know I, and I'm not a theologian, but that's where I am now. And so I don't carry the guilt and shame that I once did around that. Well, I am I <laughs> am glad that you feel that way. And I feel like this, just prepping for this episode yeah. gave me some validation that the way, because I do feel the same as you, mm-hmm. but I haven't had the framework for it. And yeah. now I feel like, okay, this, <laughs> I can reconcile yeah. this sense that I have that God would not want that for us yeah. with the faith practice that I grew up in. And yeah, that, that's the part, that's the part where I'm finding hope. I'm so glad. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm going to choke to death. <laughs> I know I've, I've been having really bad allergies. On my saliva here. <laughs> I'm like coughing all over. But. So I did look at some other religions. Oh, um, yes. I'd love to hear. So let's talk about Judaism for <laughs> just a second. Excuse me. We're just coughing up a storm over mess. here. It's fine. It's allergy you guys, season. It's spring in Seattle, so forgive us. Right. Um, so it's interesting. So the the Jews. Judaism <laughs> is interesting because I feel like they're the most sort of pragmatic about divorce. That I feel faith, like they're pragmatic in general. Just that that <laughs> that religion has always recognized divorce as just sort of a fact of life and that it's that it's an unfortunate fact of life Correct. but it but it, it it's just a part of life for a lot of people right. and so their stance is you can get your legal divorce okay um and a religious marriage can really only be dissolved through a proceeding before a rabbinical court rabbinical so you can take your marriage to a to your clergy right. and mm-hmm. say Okay, now we want a divorce, and then I imagine that I don't know what the proceedings are. I'm not Jewish, but they have the religion has an actual like process and precedent mm. for granting that sort of dissolution of marriage mm. and freeing people up. And I think they are the most sort of pragmatic mm-hmm. in their approach to to divorce as anyone. Now I looked at Mormonism because we've talked about that a little bit. Yes. So it's interesting. Mormonism, and, and I would say probably in an increasing modern day sort of era, allows for a cancellation of a temple ceiling. So you know when, when two yes. Mormon people get married, they go into temple yes. after a period of time, and yes. then they get sealed for life. For right? life. That's it. Turns out that can be canceled. Here's what I think you'll... I have a feeling I know how you're going to react to this. <laughs> Okay. So, if if but it's for life, 
How's it canceled? <laughs> you just erase, 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 erase. So if a man oh, gets divorced. Okay, I'm already like upset. I know, you're upset. <laughs> just, let, just hear me out here. You can react in just a minute. I'll okay. let you know when it's right, safe to, let, to have your reaction. Okay, so a man who gets divorced and wants to remarry in the Mormon church does not have to have his previous marriage, his previous ceiling canceled to remarry because you know the Mormons are all about men having multiple wives, right? Okay, just keep going because I'm however, a mouth explode. A woman oh. absolutely cannot be sealed to I'm a new husband it. unless the previous ceiling is canceled. Yep, and we don't live in a patriarchal society at all. Are you freaking kidding me? Okay, well, so. I'd love to say that was only within the Mormon religion that these standards apply, but okay. But it's interesting that it's so clearly mm. cut out there. Yeah. And and I'm curious if there's any like further clarification on that from the Mormon church, because <laughs> I feel like not. in this modern day, that feels, that feels um, dated. We'll just put it that way. So in Hinduism, mm. in general... They don't, the, the religion does not approve of divorce, okay. but there are certain circumstances under which it is permitted. Now, I tried to, I had a limited amount of time to research this, and I did try to find out what those circumstances yeah. were. I didn't get a clear answer, okay. um, so it might be situational, is, is my guess, okay. but it does, the, Hin, the Hindu faith does allow for divorce okay. in certain, certain circumstances. circumstances. Okay. And even Islam treats divorce as it's something that is permitted, but it's really not to be <laughs> lauded as a good thing, right? Like we should go to whatever lengths and, and the Islam faith really does look at, okay, what steps can you take to try and repair this? How can we fix this? And then if at the end of the day, you really can't reconcile, then there is a permissiveness like or an, an understanding that okay then at that case um that's not so different from like christianity though right i mean that's kind of that's kind of the prevailing thoughts amongst christians as well right? i agree i feel like in general most religion isn't all that different right right i really think it's it's not really all that different and i'm and i'm gonna go on a limb and say that i would guess that in most, if not all religions, men have a lot more, like, there's a lot more um, leeway as far as other than, <laughs> what they Other want. than the Mormon yeah, thing, yeah, I don't have any I, information to support I'm that, gonna go with, but I, mean, I get I where you're coming Islam from. as well. <laughs> That's probably the case. Probably. Like, probably men get a lot more say in that than women do, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean... That, that would, would require yeah. a lot of research. Yeah. So I did look at... The last thing I researched was was kind of how to deal with this, particularly this religious guilt that yeah. that I've been grappling with. Mm. And I found a really interesting article on a website called divorcesupporthelp.com. Mm. And it's a Christian website. And they had five five sort of things to say. The first was seek to understand. And that was to understand your partner, understand the situation, mm. get some counseling, understand what it is that you're mm. deciding. The second is honor yourself. So like what you were saying, mm -hmm. if you're, if you've tried, you've tried, you've tried, and 
you can't be happy within the marriage you're in, then honor yourself and say that that is okay. Well, I'm going to say honor yourself and also honor the other person. Because I truly believe that for the most part, you're not dealing with a bad person. You know you, what I mean? Most of us don't marry bad people. We don't ma- marry bad people. But if you get to a point where you are so miserable that you are just just trashing each other and being garbage to each other, like, stop already. Jeez. Like, and I, and I can think of couples now that I know that are married that are just awful to each other. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, A... You're not doing yourselves any favors. And if you have children, FYI, you're not doing them any favors. Because guess what? You're showing them a model of marriage that is a terrible one. So, so I want to ask... That you, is a whole other thing. that I will, anyway, I'm going to ask you a quick yes, little question please. on this. Because I also <sighs> sometimes witness some of the people that I'm close to in my yeah. life. And when... They'll, you know, when when you're intimate friends with someone and you get to kind of have that window into their real life. And sometimes I see or I hear someone talk about their spouse in a way. And and there's some, listen, venting is one thing. We all need to vent to our friends about our relationships. And I, I, zero judgment, zero, zero qualms. We all need to get that shit off our chests, right? But, but there are times where you witness someone treat their yes. partner in a way that is maybe a little ugly. Ugly. And you just go, Ugh. I think for me as a single person who who just yeah. really wants to find that right partner <laughs> and that connection, I'm like, how do you not appreciate what you have? How do you treat this person who loves you so deeply in in such a minimizing way and and so to me maybe that's maybe that's me I don't know is that something that you experience yeah and and what I would say to that is there are always two sides and like feel how you want to feel towards your partner like vent to your friend but when I see it happening in public and people are just awful to each other in public. And, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what are you doing? Like, if you're this bad to each other in public, what is your private life like? And what are you doing? Why are you together? Like, what are you gaining from this experience? And to me, I just feel like there's so much negativity in the world that, I, you know, don't you want to be with someone who's your safe haven, who is your... Like happy place, and don't you want to be someone's safe haven? Someone safe haven and happy place, yeah. Yeah. And so I get that, and I don't want to. I don't want to simplify this and minimize people's struggles. I understand there are reasons why people stay together, but like my whole soapbox is people that say, "Oh, we're together for the kids." Fuck that! Your kids feel that shit. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just like I have such an issue with that. Like your kids, whether or not you think that you are keeping it from the kids, they can feel that. They can feel the tension. And not only are you providing a really, really bad model for marriage that your kids are going to take into their future, but you're also, like, just treating each other badly. And why? Like, what are you doing? Right. And there's no... Like, people, I think, stay together for many, many reasons. But if... And and I'm not judging. Like, only you know why you're staying together. But don't be terrible to each other. Like, don't be awful. It's just not, it's not okay. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's hard, it's hard to witness. It's hard. And, and at the same time, I sort of appreciate, okay, this is a relationship where they can be kind of ugly to each other at times and, and the relationship survives it because they love each other that much. If, if, 
that's the case. If you love each other. But but there is a part of me that's like, oh my gosh, I wish you could appreciate how lucky you are to have that person. Um, yeah. And and that's probably more a me thing than an anybody else And maybe that's like thing. a grass is always greener. I don't know. Maybe we're like being single. We're like, ah. Uh, maybe not, and maybe that's I, it. I don't know. Maybe I just say like keep your dirty laundry, like, to yourself. So the the third thing in this in this topic was consider consulting an expert. And so what I liked about that was they suggested if if this is a faith-based thing, you okay. know, talk to your clergy about it. Okay. But they didn't discount that just talk to a therapist, right? Talk right. to a relationship yes. therapist. So I thought that was a nice um, sure. inclusion. Um, be aware of spiritual abuse. And when they talked about spiritual abuse, wow. they were saying specifically that there are some members of clergy who can... Like the the preacher that you listened to that day that you showed up at church who was yeah. ranting about how bad divorce yeah. is. Yikes. If someone comes to you in that sort of position of sort of spiritual authority and is espousing that at you, um, that is spiritual abuse. And this article was saying, be aware of that and don't give it credence, right? Yeah. Because uh, someone who is an understanding yeah. and... And wise person wouldn't yes. come at you with judgment and shame and, yes. and fear and all yes. those things. So I thought that was really nice. And then it said, accept and affirm your need to belong. And that's, oh, I love that. that's the that's, part I think that yes. I've been grappling with. That resonates with you. Which is, I do have a need to belong. It hurts my heart to think about the fact that because I got divorced, I might not be able to participate in this faith that has been yes. central yes. to my life and so to understand that that is something that that clicks within me and now that and that's where that sense of hope that I was talking about earlier yeah. comes from is just going I do need to belong and now I know it's okay Aww. to do both like that was really really hopeful you for need me. to reconcile those two things for yourself yes yes so here's my question now <laughs> Okay. Because, okay, we've covered all this, this, yes, the dynamic of, of guilt and shame and divorce and whatever. Now, Dion, <laughs> this is a long episode, but okay. I, okay. I, I don't want to, I don't want to not have this fine. conversation. Yeah, yeah. So now that I've made peace with the fact that, okay, I can be divorced and be a Catholic, mm-hmm. be a good Christian mm-hmm. and go into the world and participate mm-hmm. in, in dating. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> what? That's a whole other guilt game, right? Because as I mentioned earlier, yeah. when I'm dating a partner, when I'm with somebody, it's there's a physical, intimate part of that, which biblically is kind of a no-no when it comes to dating. Like, that's well, the new piece to reconcile. So what are your well, thoughts on that? If you grew up in my religion, you would know... That you can do everything but intercourse. So soaking is allowed? Absolutely. Anything else, just no intercourse. No, it's ridiculous. Like, literally growing up, that's kind of... And I'm not saying my parents told me that or the church actually said that. There was no official stance. But the idea was no sex before marriage. But... We're only talking intercourse because that's how you get pregnant. That's how you make babies, right, yeah. So... 
my best friend and I laugh about this all the time. We're like, literally, I mean, I remember, sorry, I'm throwing her under the bus right now, but whatever. Um, we haven't named her. It's fine. I remember her telling me, D, he put it in, but just the tip. Just for a minute, just to see how it feels. <laughs> and I'm like, you know you're not a virgin anymore, right? And she's like, yes, I am. I'm like, mm, no, you're not. <laughs> but I mean, and my joke is everything but even the butt. Sorry. Oh, right. No, of course. Because <laughs> that's not intercourse. That's, not that's intercourse. sort so of outer course or something. I can tell you. I'm like, oh, Carol Decay, I'm so sorry you're listening to this right now. Does she still listen? She does. She does. Hi, Carol with a K. <laughs> so my mom, I apologize, mom. But no, I mean, I'm sure she knows by now. But no, seriously, it was like, and I, I, I mean, anyway, I will save the rest of it. But my whole point is... I hear what you're saying and I understand it. And I think at this point for me, I've completely eschewed all of it. Like I've gotten to the point where I'm like, look, once I got married, I've gone so far beyond that, that at this point, I don't necessarily intend to ever be married again. So will I be celibate the rest of my life? Hells to the nuff. So I don't know if I just left my guilt at the door. I don't know what happened, but I haven't felt that since I was divorced. Do you, so I don't know. Do you think it comes down to a... How do I phrase this? Do you think it comes down to a... There is a biological need and there is a spiritual tenet. And so we have a yeah. physical need to eat, drink, breathe, sleep, yes. all those things. Yes. I think that at some point, especially when you've been married and you've experienced a robust, like there comes a point where sex becomes a biological need. Yes. And and also who gave us that biological need? Who gave us that? Who implanted that in us? Who instilled that in us? Jackie? No, God. God did. God A hundred percent. God did. A hundred percent. That's where I am with it. I'm like, Again, and maybe it's just my choice that I can see, believe this, but the God that I know wants me to be happy and gave me the biological urges and the and the emotional need and the physiological need, and I'm kind of just gonna take him up on that. I love that. <laughs> well, and that's so that's my new guilt struggle, right? Like, yeah. like again, I. <laughs> love the catholic church i love mass i love communion i love the ritual of it which is really just symbolism Mm. for anyone who's not familiar with the catholic church and thinks oh it's just a bunch of rituals and chanting it's really symbolic Mm -hmm. is what it's intended Mm -hmm. to be and Mm -hmm. and i love that um but i i struggle that's my new that's my new like thing oh. to grapple with, and maybe I need to sit down and talk to a priest. I don't know. No, I don't think so. But, <laughs> but it's 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 a challenge. So that's so. I, I, and I don't think you and I are are expert enough yeah. to to handle that. But I also feel like again, I am not bound to a church. Right. I am bound to God. If I'm bound to anything, it's God, and I don't think that God puts the judgments on us that the church. Who is that is made up of human beings puts on us. 
So I defer to God, and I don't feel any sort of guilt or shame from the God that I believe in. I could feel guilt and shame from the people that represent God, but I don't feel that from God. And that's my higher power. And that's all I care about. And I think that's really beautiful. And I that's I think that's where my heart is going to. Like I look at and I, I've been saying this for a little while. I look at religion mm-hmm. as man's best effort to interpret what God wants. 100%. Yes. And I think the Bible is a great example of that. Like mm-hmm. it is our mm-hmm. best set of information yes. to help us understand what God actually wants. Yes. But humans are fallible yes. and we have Yes. we we're all interpreting the same set of words in a in bunch of different totally ways. Different ways. So right. I do think there's some room to say that we're doing our best. Yeah. As humans. Yes. The religions are doing their best as religions to oh, yes. to interpret and act on what God wants. But at the end of the day, it's mm-hmm. all a best guess. None of us knows what happens after we go. We have what's in the Bible and we believe yeah. what we believe, but yeah. until we get there, we're not ever actually going to know. And that's what faith is. Yeah. But it's, that that's where I am is I'm, I do my best to live uh-huh. by what makes sense. Uh-huh. And, and I think we're, we're all human. We're all just doing our best. Yeah. Even the, the highest religious leaders are humans trying to do their best. And here's the thing. We are not bound to human beings we are bound to god which again to me is love like god is love so i'm doing the best i can to live a life of love and that's love to others and it's love to myself so whatever humans however humans want to interpret god's message or the bible that's on them like that's fine like interpret it how you want I'm not really paying attention to that. I'm paying attention to what I feel is God's message to me, which is like live a life of love. And I try to treat people the best I can and do the best. And I don't always live up to that, but I keep trying. Um, And I try to treat myself the best I can. And if that means that I enjoy love in a physical manifestation, then so be it. (laughs) I I appreciate that because because that's the piece that I'm grappling with. Like, this is such a it's huge. big it's topic huge. because huge. it is part of who we are. Yeah, absolutely. How people were raised and what their faith practice was totally. or was not is huge. And then you look at going forward and dating and you meet people mm-hmm. who have different faith practices yeah. and faith backgrounds and totally. where they are today. And there's so much to consider. And, yeah. oh, my goodness. It's... It's a, this is why I kind of wanted, not kind of, this is why I wanted to have this conversation. No, and I love it. And I love, I think it speaks volumes about who you are, that you are thinking about this so deeply. You're not just like going out willy nilly doing whatever you want. You're like actually thinking like, how is this affecting me as a, as a Christian person? And how is it affecting the people that I interact with? And it's beautiful. It's good that you should think about this. And I think about it too, differently, but we, I mean... Differently, but no, because I do agree with you on a lot of things. Like yeah. the the sex topic, for example, is a, a huge challenge for me. 
Because when I'm in an, in a relationship with someone, that's a huge component of it. And, Absolutely. As it should be. As God intended it to be. And even some of the most Christian men I've dated, that's been a huge component <laughs> of our relationship. And I have not been remarried. So obviously that was outside the, the <laughs> bonds of matrimony, right? right? So... It's just, it's so much to think about. And, and you know, we're not going to solve this for everyone right here, right now. But it is so great to talk about it. Yeah, it is. I mean, like I said, like, it, and it's talking hopeful. about it, it's, it's like cathartic, right? So here's what I would say is my guiding principle. When I want to do something, when I'm making a choice, I say, is this hurting me or is this hurting someone else? And if it's hurting me or someone else, then no, don't do it. But if it's not hurting me and if it's not hurting someone else and it's a choice I'm making, that's all that matters. Because I feel like that's all that we are required to do is make sure that we are living a life of love that's not hurting someone else or hurting ourselves. And if I'm choosing, if, if two consenting adults are choosing to have sex in a you know, consenting, like, beautiful, loving way, how is that hurting anyone? Well, and... That's, that's just me. And the other piece of, to go along with what you're saying, yeah. the other piece of what gives me hope out of this is, again, my grandfather, mm-hmm. grandpa, who, by the way, I wish every single human on this planet could have had the pleasure of knowing because he was the best person me that too. ever lived me too i wish i'd known your grandfather oh he was grandfather so he was he was just the best <laughs> i just i just loved him so much but he was truly charming and funny and kind and loving and all those things but also a very 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 devout catholic and that was where, when I first got divorced, my first thought was, what would grandpa think? And to have him come back and visit me and give me that message that he just wants me to ha- be happy tells me two things. One, that the Catholic religion doesn't have everything exactly right because the Catholic religion doesn't allow for people to come back. The Catholic religion says that when you pass away, you go to purgatory or something? Is that a thing? Well, purgatory is a thing, but basically it says good Catholics basically go to, when you die, you're basically in a state of similar to sleep oh. until Jesus comes back and, and then raises everybody up and goes everybody goes to heaven. And that there is no act, active afterlife until okay. until the, the second coming, right? Oh, see, I didn't know that. Like, that's how we believe, too. But I thought that you guys went to, like, heaven or hell or purgatory. Purgatory is where souls go to be cleansed and prepared to go to heaven. Souls that have sin, which all of us do, we, yeah. go to purgatory, oh. and, and you kind of get cleansed oh, and prepared to okay. go to heaven to be with Jesus. Oh. But you don't just, it's not like an elevator. We're all hanging oh. out in purgatory. I thought, or oh. or if you happen to go to your grave, absol- and I apologize. <laughs> theologians if i'm getting this wrong i am not a fucking expert okay this is my understanding and if i'm wrong please correct me but do it privately anyway okay anyway so the way i understand it because i told my granny once after my grandma passed about this experience and she was not having it she was like nope that's not possible of course 
And right. because the the theory is if you're if you're absolved of sin and you and you pass away, you don't necessarily have to go to purgatory because you've been absolved and so now you're just kind of hanging out waiting for Jesus to come back <laughs> and then you go to heaven or you don't, right? Yeah. And so the fact that he presented himself to my massage therapist, intuitive person, and gave a message to me contradicts what the the Catholic religion yes. taught us. Okay. Which tells me that he got to the other side and he said, oh, well, we were close, but maybe we were off on a couple of things, right? <laughs> and And the other part was that he said, I just want you to be happy, tells me that all of the weight of the sort of religious like the rules and don'ts and black and whites and yeah, yeah damned yeah. if you do damn yeah, like yeah, yeah. like all of that weight of it once you get to the other side i got this impression that yeah eh, it's not that big of a deal it's not that big of a deal like yeah. we're making it a bigger yeah. deal than yes. it needs to be that's my whole point and yes. so so that's why you what you more. were saying <laughs> kind of release yeah. or resonated with yeah. me in that way because i that was the sense that I got when I got that message from him and I do believe because I've had I've had conversations with him when I was asleep that that resonated with me Mm -hmm. and the funny thing is granny who who just absolutely denied that it was possible that grandpa could have talked to me also as she got older and was was getting closer to the end once told me about a dream she had where my grandpa was sitting on a bench waiting for her. Oh, and I was like, because oh, he is. Of he course is. he is. He's just sitting there oh. waiting for you, wondering what oh. the hell is taking you so long, because she was almost 99 oh years old when God. she passed, and he was probably like, dude, what the heck? Yeah, seriously, like, hurry up already. So We've got things to do. So I just, oh. I just think we do our best here on Earth. Yeah. I'm not knocking any religion because no. I think all of us are doing our best yes. to interpret the information that we have. Yes. But we just only have a fraction of the information. And listen, I grew up in a religion that was like, okay, you know the movie Footloose? That was literally the town I grew up in. You don't dance. You don't wear jewelry. You don't wear makeup. You don't drink. You don't drink coffee. I mean, there were so many like do's and don'ts. And the bottom line is, as you can see, I've eschewed all of those things but I feel like I'm a better person than I ever was. And I'm a nicer person and I'm a kinder person and I'm a more loving person. And that's all that matters. Because you have joy and God that's is joy, joy. Yeah. God is love, God is all and those things. And that was my word. That was my word. And you know what's so cute? Like, remember how we were like talking about our word for the year and I yeah. said my word is joy? My mom, terrible, okay, listen to that. And every day she's like, I hope you're finding joy today. Aww. I, I love Carol with a K. I haven't even met you. Carol with a K, when you come back to Seattle, I'm hugging you so hard. You will love her because she's very Adventist. But you know what? She gets it. But it's about living a life of love. And that's literally what it's about. It's about love. And it's about showing love to others and showing love to yourself, Jackie. And you show love to others. So show love to yourself. And that's what I'm love working yourself. on. And that's where... All of this has led me to yes. a place of hope and happiness that I didn't have. It's it's a it's a lighter a lightness that I didn't exist I didn't experience mm. when I 
when I would think about faith and church and all of that, I, there was always this weight. And I feel like so much of that has been lifted. And that. so I just really appreciate you indulging Yay! me in this conversation. No, this is so great. I love, I thank you for bringing this topic up because it's something I never would have thought about bringing up. And I think it's so important. And I think so many, so many of our listeners will resonate with this. Well, I, I'm glad to hear, you know, like you look on when, I'm not on any online dating right now, but when I have been, like you see people that talk about faith yeah. and religion, and yeah. then I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm religious enough to date this person, right? Because because some people really put it out there, and they and do. I appreciate that about them, but then I'm like, oh, I don't know if, if I'm if I'm up to that level, up to that level. Like, it's so important to so many people. It it just bears talking about. The weird thing is, and this. This may be judgy, but if I see someone that says Christian, I pause because even though I consider myself a Christian, I'm like, if that's how they're identifying themselves, are they going to judge me? Does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. And one of the things that I'll tell you, so one of my favorite humans on this planet who's a very dear friend and one of the reasons that we connected so much early on is the first time he and I ever had even a meal. We had lunch together when we used to work together. You've met him. He's been a guest on our podcast. I'm curious. Okay. Um, he's like this just like super fun, awesome, cool, like whatever guy. And then we went out to lunch together. And when his food came, he just took a second. It wasn't a big deal. He didn't make a big deal. He didn't make me hold his hands. Yeah. He took a second, bowed his head, gave thanks. And in this day and age, I think there is so much, am I going to be judged for being Christian, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for displaying my my Christianity? Right. Because I, unfortunately, Christianity has been given a bad name by people who who talk Christianity but don't act it. Don't behave. Right? Yeah. They don't walk it. They, don't, they talk the talk. They don't walk the walk. So for him <laughs> to take yeah. a second and not be concerned about what, I, I thought, or anyone else thought, and and quietly, yeah. and it was just between him and God to give thanks for the meal that he was about to eat, and I, I was like, just so incredibly impressed that that yeah. was just such a part of who he is. I just I remember that as the moment that I was like, this guy is the real thing. Like he is a mm. good person who just lives lives. Yeah in accordance with his yeah. beliefs and he doesn't care about who sees mm-hmm. judges, whatever. I yeah, was I that. so, that was the moment our friendship was sealed. Like mm-hmm. I just connected with him in that, that moment. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so I hope you feel like you've gotten a little clarity. I feel little, better. Like, like researching it was one thing, but the conversation yeah. has been helpful. So thank so you good. for, again, oh, for indulging absolutely. me and for having this <laughs> Kind of vulnerable conversation, right? Yeah, for sure. Like it's sure. it's it it's a tough one. We both we have had similar experiences, so yeah, no, it's good. And I like I said, I hope other people kind of resonate with this as well. I know a lot of people I grew up with will, <laughs> for sure. So. And I, as I'm telling this, I'm thinking about some of my very very Catholic mm-hmm. family members going. Mm-hmm. If you listen, please know that I'm doing my best to get the facts right. <laughs> no, but if I got something do. wrong, it's it's not out of any sort no. of ill intent other than this is just Absolutely not. who I am, where I am, and how I'm feeling right now. Right, right. And so I'm just being honest and vulnerable. I, Look I'm at proud me of you. I'm proud being of you, vulnerable. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Thank you guys for listening to our conversation. I hope you got something out of it and like, let us know, let us know what you think. What yes. You and and you honestly, if there's something that I got wrong or whatever that you want to correct, or you have something you want to <laughs> chime in on, slide into our DMs, y'all. We would love to hear from you on love this topic you. and other ones. We have some fun ones coming up. I'm maybe, super excited. maybe I'll do a little survey for the next one. Who knows? I mean, whatever. We'll see. It would be interesting. Mm -hmm. So thanks, Beatheads. Thank you, Dion. Again, I truly appreciate this. Absolutely. This is a great topic. Good choice. All right. And we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye.